Welcome, Faith family. Uh, we're having our panel after an excellent sermon from Kyle as he continues his series through First uh, Peter. Uh, well, we'll just jump right into it. Uh, uh, Matt, how are you most blessed today by the sermon? Yeah, I, I mean, looking at it from the perspective of a worship pastor. Worship pastor. Yeah, worship, there we go. We use leader. air quotes here for yes, worship because pastor. that's not my yeah. title, and we, we purposefully have not titled me that way. Um, but th- the subject of... of Worship, particularly in the church, um, is just, it's so needed. You know, these, these sermons are so needed, and our people need to know uh, what worship is. Worship is not music. There's a whole, you know, uh, this idea that worship is, is the band. There's the worship team. There's the mm-hmm. worship leader, the worship pastor, whatever you want to call it. Um, I love that, that, that Kyle takes the time to really dive into these texts and to... to um, to help explain to our people that, that, our, that our worship is, is a whole life endeavor, not just something that we gather together and do mm-hmm. uh, for an hour on Sunday mornings. So. Yeah, oh, that's great. Daniel, what were you most blessed by? I, I think where he was talking about, uh, and really where Peter's talking about God being our father and judge, um, it's, it's mm. very easy to just drift off into one, <laughs> one way or the mm-hmm. other kind of theologically for a time. Uh, but to, to hold those in in balance, because there's not, I mean, with God, it's not a balance. It's just, yeah, it's just he's perfectly he judged, but yet he can be perfectly father to his yes. children. Yes, yeah. and, and that is actually him being judge uh, would, would only ever complement mm. uh, whether we could whether we could articulate it as as human beings, as finite human beings. It would only ever complement uh, who who he is in his entirety, and uh, so, so just just thinking and dwelling on that. Um, I, yeah, th- there there are those certain things in a sermon that just kind of linger mm-hmm. in your mind. That that was one today. It was really helpful. Yeah, I, one of the things I really appreciated. You could almost have retitled this sermon "Where Worship Comes From." Um, so mm. often when we talk mm-hmm. about worship, it's how to it's like something that you do and how you can do it better. Like twelve steps for better worship. I liked how he like. He, he, he wants to improve our worship by talking about where that worship should come from. It comes from the mind as we appreciate who God is and what he has done for us in the gospel. Um, and so I just, I think that's so helpful uh, thinking about this is, it's talking about the source of where worship comes from. And worship should be the natural response mm. to the powerful truth of who God is and what he has done for us yes. uh, in the gospel. Well, what, his first point relates to uh, Christians and the mind. Um, and in you know, Christian circles today, we can have either the super intellectual who just re- reduce all Christianity to an intellectual exercise, and then you have the other pendulum swing of people who are like anti-intellectual, like, oh, smartness, thinking, we just, we just want to feel. How should Christians think biblically about the mind? Daniel? So uh, something that was brought up in the sermon that we are called to love the Lord our God with all of our mind, and how do you love with your mind? It, it, we often think of that as just maybe purely emotional, mm-hmm. um, but but the the commitment and the endeavor to think think deeply on spiritual truths so that we aren't um, what is the the saying like a mile wide and an inch deep. Mm. Um, so you can know a lot about God. I remember in uh, in church growing up, one of my buddies he was a pastor's kid and. And the stereotypical pastor's so, kid? Yeah, uh, I mean, okay, yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe on, yeah, on, on some <laughs> Not levels, like our yes. pastor's kids. Yeah. That's right. But I remember him, him telling me one time that, like, he's like, I, 
the Bible is just kind of boring now. Like I've I've read it oh. multiple times. Oh, such a tragedy. And, yeah, and oh. and it was just that. And I remember th- thinking on that for a while, and I didn't have anything to say to him. I didn't necessarily at, at that age. Yeah, I didn't necessarily kids. agree, like yeah. disagree with him. Um, but just not understanding. There's so much depth to the word, and not not just in the like. Oh, I need to apply my mind. Like every single person at Faith Family needs to go out and get. Uh, their their doctorate or or learn the the ancient languages like that's that's not it that's a part of it and that is that is needed um, but but to dwell on these things and to think seriously about them in a way that uh, you know I just my my life is different because I've because I've dwelled on this text enough and it and it translates to my view of God and then that that translates to my life is now changed. Mm-hmm. I think that's how, when I think of loving God with my whole mind, my, my life shifts and changes and orients itself more to this word in a way that now I, now I just enjoy it more yeah. as well. So Yeah, I know. I like how uh, it's changing. And I like how in a recent sermon when you were preaching on Psalm 103, you had that great Martin Lloyd-Jones quote of, we spend too much time listening to ourselves, we need to preach to ourselves. And that's an exercise of the mind, mm-hmm. as, as actually having the, I guess they call it emotional intelligence in, uh, in all the you know, business sure. jargon, of being aware of your own emotions and what's going on in your head. And then as Christians, taking that truth that we have and preaching the truth to ourselves, informing our emotions. Emotions are wonderful. We don't need to try to become Vulcans like from Star Trek or something, <laughs> but it should be tr- uh, emotions controlled by the truth. And so I thought I liked how your, 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 your sermon from weeks ago relates. Once you know that truth, uh, that's how you, 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 you wrestle with it in your mind. So mm-hmm. Matthew, uh, how should Christians think uh, biblically about the mind? Yeah, so I... I always love it when this happens. the uh, The format of our, our worship this morning, our you know how we uh, mm-hmm. worked through the songs and, and into the to the sermon, um, the, just the nature of of how that you know is planned out. I don't have the luxury of of knowing exactly what Kyle's going to end up mm-hmm. focusing on in his sermon. So I just I just write you know my uh, the the song orders and everything just kind of independent of that. And today's just matched perfectly. Yeah with you know, the, the whole idea of re, uh, revelation and response. So God reveals something to us, we respond. Mm-hmm. And, and I've always said that, that worship is seeing God accurately and then responding appropriately. So I, I, I love that that, uh, that that just sort of happened yeah. uh, on accident. Worship begins in the mind and then works its way through the heart. So if we don't have an accurate understanding of who God is and who mm-hmm. we are in relation to him, uh, our, our worship is it's going to be impossible to yeah. worship God correctly. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And just as a practical advice to our congregation, uh, you know, we, we harp on personal Bible study, reading the Bible for yourself, uh, as good Protestants should. And there's, uh, that can be challenging if you're not used to it. There's lots of different methods out there. Uh, but again, one of, the, one of the reasons people get uh, hung up on is sometimes if they don't have like an emotional experience every time mm-hmm. they have their personal devotions, they wonder if they're doing it right. And you know, it's wonderful when God really encourages you or convicts you from a passage. But a lot of times it's just the mental exercise of filling our minds, renewing our minds with the word of God, thinking about it, meditating upon it, praying through it. And you have no idea how the, the benefits are going to help your mind 
months and years down the road, but it's still an important part of, of, of building your mind um, and uh, just reading the Word of God. Well, uh, you, you kind of talked about how uh, mo- the, our worship starts in the mind, well, but then eventually it, it goes out into our life. Mm-hmm. And so Kyle's second point had a lot to do about worshiping God by how we live our lives. And p- again, people can be so confused. They think, oh, I, can, I believe the right theology, but yet their lifestyle is in total rebellion against God or mm-hmm. it's filled with compromise and in things that clearly offend God. So uh, how should Christians think about how our beliefs shape our actions and how can we really <laughs> mix up that, how that works? Yeah, so there are two uh, like dual truths that I, I've heard recently. I'm in a, a Christian ethics class right now, so this is just perfect. Nice. Um, but one of the things they talk about is how theology determines our ethics. So right theology will, will result, not necessarily, but you mm-hmm. have to have right theology in order right. to have right ethics. Um, and then on the flip side of that, ethics reveals our theology. So what we, uh, what we do will show others what we believe. Um, and then a, a sort of a third point to that um, is this idea that, that our ethics can, can even alter our theology. So when, when we live a, a life, a lifestyle that is contrary to, to a biblical ethic, it will have an effect over mm-hmm. time on what we believe, because we will use all sorts of, uh, you know, mental gymnastics to, to rationalize, to rationalize <laughs> and to and to end up, and we'll end up. Uh, and you see this all the time in, in a lot of churches in America as they uh, progress in toward a, a particular. Uh, usually, it's homosexuality or something like that, uh, some sort of social uh, issue. They gravitate toward, away from a biblical ethic, and then you end up seeing all sorts of uh, of um, deviant behaviors happening in the body of that congregation. Mm-hmm. So I just think that the, those things need to, those things are yeah. so inter, you know, so linked together that we need to yeah. make sure we focus. Don't always on want them. to separate them, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and just again, for theology, some of you may, when you hear theology, you think like a bunch of old Puritan writers, dusty volumes and, and multi-syllable words. Just theology is just truth about God. So anybody who mm-hmm. makes a statement about God is being a theologian. So everybody's a theologian, you're either a good one or a bad one. Um, and so that's what you're talking about. Truth about God, if, if believed truthfully and accurately, should it affect our life and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel, how should uh, Christians think about uh, how our beliefs shape our actions? And yeah. how do people <laughs> royally mess that up? Yeah, so well, in the, in the title of the sermon, right, the church is sick and her worship shows it. And at the beginning, uh, there's the analogy of like when you're sick, your, uh, sometimes your face shows it or, or your, your actions or lack thereof or your complaints or groanings show it. You're moaning from your You're moaning, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think a, a really helpful way to assess just the, the practical living element of, of Christianity is to really, and it goes, it goes into, it's from point one into this, into the, the ethic of it, but it's to not just, I believe this thing, but to really honestly assess, you, you know, you can even like write it out. Like I say, I, I believe this, or I, I say, I mean this, but then I actually do this. <laughs> um, and it's going to what you're saying, Matthew, uh, just with your, your theology uh, is going to influence your ethics and then, and then, or it's the vice versa. I, I, I agree with that. That's, that's helpful. Um, who, who you are has to do with what you actually do. And so you could say you believe something, mm-hmm. but then one of, the, one of the things, and this is why coming through the, the Bible uh, book at a time is helpful. Like I, when somebody's self-deceived, I remember he, over, I, I overheard some uh, pastors talking about this 
one time when I was a kid and it's always stuck with me. Like I was like, when you're self-deceived, you don't know that you're being self-deceived. <laughs> like that's, that's, the, that's the badness of it. That's why it's so bad. And so uh, the practical living of it, it has to happen in community uh, as, as a church body, as a local body of believers so that you're not self-deceived. But then also to be thoroughly honest with yourself. Like mm -hmm. I say I believe this, but then, but then my actions over the past day or the past week or my, my attitude does not reflect that. <laughs> Uh, so, so we can, we can get theologically like fat mm -hmm. on Sunday and then the rest of the week, it's like, you know, bit like, oh, I'm rushing out the door. I've got to, um, and some, some days are, are busier than others, but, but what, what do we actually live by? And do I really live under this word or, or am I just saying it because I know like, oh, I'm a Christian. I know, I know the right thing the right to answers. say. Yep. So. Yeah, no, that's great. Uh, this this truth that is uh, we're seeing here that Peter talks about, it's been reminding me of, of my own sermon series of how John and, and just simple truths of the Christian life, like uh, I've been framing it as the truth test, the light test, and the love mm -hmm. test. It's important to believe the truth. That's that theology that you're talking about, Matt. But then it's all if it's true, it's going to play itself out in uh, the light test. You're going to have a lifestyle, not perfection, but at least not an open rebellion against God, and also who and what you love and how you love. Um, and uh, it's the same truth throughout whatever New Testament writer or Old Testament writer you're talking about, is if you, believing the right things are necessary to have proper worship, proper uh, lifestyle, but they're not sufficient um, uh, as well. You've got to, you've got to live that, that knowledge out. So we'll finish up here. He, he talked about how, and his final point, how the gospel perfects our worship. Our worship is never going to be perfect in this life, and the gospel is what makes it worship. Feel free to, to tease that out, and how does the gospel relate to our worship, Daniel? Yeah, so the, um, the passage... One of the verses we had was in verse 19 of chapter 1. Um, it says, with the, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot, he was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for your sake, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Um, if, if just, like, if, if that was like all the Bible that we had, we didn't have anything else, um, and we just knew that. I mean, that in and of itself is, is life-changing, that you could, you could be made alive in, in God, uh, that God raised Jesus from the dead, mm. and that the point of all of this is to give God glory. Like, Christianity is not a self-centered type of thing. It is, it is a God-centered and others-oriented type of thing. And so that's just, like, if you've, if you've been rescued, if you've been saved from the depths of despair, if, you got, if you got, you're drowning in the ocean and you got saved, I mean, you're just going to be thankful. And, and you're going you're gonna to think about life a little differently. And you're going to do different, different things. Uh, and, and you're not going to necessarily revert to the way that you were. And so I, I think that there's this natural overflow of, uh, the, you know, and that's that last point, your worship of God is made perfect by the work of Christ. Your worship uh, of God uh, involves having a, a proper view of him. Um, you, you are just gonna naturally want to worship him uh, because we have that new heart. And then the difficulty is, is just that, but we have to be reminded of it every single Sunday. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we have to be reminded of the gospel because we are uh, sinful and fallen. 
Um, but it's, it's a work of Christ that we are made new in him, and we, we actually want to worship God now. Absolutely. Matt, how does the gospel, re- Matthew, excuse me, yes. how does the gospel relate to our worship? Thank you, Daniel. Oh. <laughs> now, the, um, the, the gospel is the only thing that gives us the, the capacity to worship, which is one of the reasons why it's so crazy to me. And I've been guilty of this in past uh, leadership positions, but when, when uh, music leaders will bring non-Christians up onto the, to the stage to lead, and this, they have no yeah. ability to worship because the gospel, uh, without, without the gospel, our, our affections uh, will never be uh, on Christ. We will never see Christ as more glorious than, than the things that we desire uh, yeah. out of this world. Mm-hmm. So if we don't have uh, a, a proper understanding of the gospel, a true saving faith, we can't possibly uh, know anything worth knowing about God in order to actually yeah. worship him uh, effectively and correctly. Yeah. And I, I, I don't want to be a beating a, a, a drum here, but yeah, I, I'm just reminded back to my series in 1 John. 1 John chapter 4 says, we love because he first loved us. Mm-hmm. What is, could be more fundamental, back when I was teaching the membership class, I love to harp on this. So like we're, one of the things we're called to do is be worshipers. Worshiping just means valuing someone or something. And the gospel relates to our worship because you know, we, can, we can worship God for his act of creation, his power, the attributes that Kyle talked about, communicable and not communicable, that we see in, in the word of God. But most fundamentally, when we've experienced the gospel, we've turned from our sins, we've trusted in Christ alone, and we've experienced the gospel, we've been redeemed, uh, as Kyle talked about today. Uh, we're, we're now freed up to, to, uh, to worship God because we should love. If we, if we realize how we have been loved, the reaction should be love for God, which really is the essence uh, of worship. And whether that um, manifests itself in tears or in a song or in music or some other way, that fundamentally that actual sincerely, genuinely loving God for who he is and what he's done is, uh, is worship. So mm-hmm. you really can't have true worship without the gospel. Yeah, so, well, Faith Family, we hope you've benefited from uh, this time as we've uh, talked through the sermon, uh, and hopefully that models for you how you can uh, think and, and talk biblically uh, through the sermons and any other uh, teaching from the Word of God you get here. We love you, and we look forward to seeing you next week, Lord willing. Thank you for listening to this resource of Faith Family Church. We gather on Sundays at 495 Hugh Hunter Road in Oak Grove, Kentucky, and are a short drive from Fort Campbell and Hopkinsville, Kentucky, as well as Clarksville, Tennessee. For more information, visit our website, myfaithfamilychurch.com.